Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Whew. You know, when I sit here and I think about what we've been blessed with, and I think about Okay, that's fine. I'm a, I'm a fish. Oh, I got you. I'm officially raised a Baptist family. When I sit here and think about what, what Jesus, thank you, John, what Jesus has done, and I sit here and think about what I've done, man, we are so, golly. Okay, let's get to the word. Let's just let the word do what it's going to do. Luke chapter 15, Father, we stand here, and we are here in your presence today, needing you to speak to us, needing you to bring clarity and understanding to us. Lord God, open our hearts, open our eyes, and open our ears, and let us not, Lord God, let us not forsake anything that you give us today, but let us embrace it for the purpose of your kingdom. Lord God, humble me, move me out of the way, and preach your holy word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Luke chapter 15, you've all read the story of the prodigal son, correct? Read it? How, what he went through and everything. But I want you to go to verse 25. Actually, 24. No, 25. Do 25. 25. We'll do 24 later. Go to 25. You ready? Verse 25 in Luke chapter 15. Now his older son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. And verse 26 says, And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. Now, the son... Didn't understand why there's a party going on. The son didn't get why there was a celebration going on. The son that was out in the field and had been working and was there really just didn't get, hey, what's all the ruckus about? Let me ask someone. Now, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go here. Of course, you could, you could, somebody could pull up in the parking lot out there and go, hey, ask one of the security people out there. What are all the cars out here for today? What's going on? What's so special? What is so special about this moment right now? Does the church have an answer? Does the church have an answer? What's so special about this moment? Okay. So the son, let's read verse 25 again. Now his older son this wasn't the one that was gone. This is the one that remained there, was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. So we know right off the bat that they weren't Baptists, right? Huh? They weren't. We know right off the bat that something was going on in there that stirred up a ruckus. 
They're dancing. Now, do you understand? And now keep in mind, we're talking about the culture of the Jews. Do you understand what has to go on in the, this culture for you to break out into dance and for you to start playing music? They didn't play music to keep them, keep them awake while they were going down the road. They recognized that music and worship and dancing and singing was for God and God alone. Now, we got all of our stuff. We got our special radio stations that we use to get us in our groove while we're driving. Hey, I got my own driving music, right? I got a couple of them, you know, when it's time to just start grinding some gears. Put this song on, and it's about to happen. But the Jews celebrate for a joyous occasion. Listen to me carefully. The Jews danced and sang for a joyous occasion. How can you get more joy-filled than this? Look at this. We are together as a body of believers to celebrate who? Jesus. To celebrate Jesus. Now, here's the key. Some of us out here may not know Jesus. But those that don't know Jesus need to see those that do know Jesus doing a couple of different things. Celebrating a joyous occasion. Because a joyous occasion happened in your life one day. If you're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, you got something to celebrate. It's a joyous occasion. And the brother comes in and he summoned one of the servants in verse 26 and began inquiring what these things could be. What in the world could be going on in daddy's house that's got them singing and dancing? Anybody ever pulled up to a church and wonder what was going on inside? Or you ever pulled up to the church and the crickets was louder than the people on the inside? Come on. Hello? You, yeah, hey, 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 the frogs in the creek across the street are burping and croaking and doing all that other stuff, and you can't even hear the parishioners in there praising God because the frogs are out doing them. And guess what? The son heard it as he approached the house. In other words, this was police causing, calling type party going on. Hey, wait a minute. There's something you need to call the cops. Listen, binding myself across the street from us, there's this field, and there's some kids every Friday and Saturday night. They go out there and just boom, 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 hey, boom. That's all you hear all night long. And I have to call the cops because it's so loud. And I'm standing out there in my lounge pants and my Captain America shirt with my light shining over there, waiting for the cop to show up to tell him, you got to go over there and tell him to be quiet. They started last night. And I said, this time I'm going over there to tell him. Woo! Bonnie said, David, you can't go over there. Buddy, I had on my, I was ready to go. But what happened was there was so much noise going on, I needed to find out what was going on. You think they care about what's going on up here when they drive by here? It ain't no party going on. It ain't nothing going on. It ain't nothing that's getting the attention of the brother, of others. I need to go see. I need to go see. And so guess what, the brother, what's going on? And then, 
the servant, look at verse 27, gave him the good news. He said, and he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. Woo! Yeah, he received his son back safe and sound. The boy got right, came back, and the house had a party. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, there was some woohoo. There was some stuff going on. And they were, they were down there, and they were in the party. And I ain't going to say nothing that's going to embarrass my family. I ain't going to bring, I do it every week, don't I? I ain't going to bring nothing back out of the 70s, okay? There ain't going to be no cool in the game quoted or nothing like that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do my rendition of the robot. That's not what they were doing that day. But they were celebrating. And when the son inquired, when the son asked, guess what? Guess what? The servant had to tell him the good news. The servant had to tell him about the celebration. The servant couldn't even keep the celebration to himself. I can't wait to go to lunch today and tell whoever comes to our table, do you know what happened today? Today I had the opportunity to celebrate my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that why you're so giddy? Yes. Is that why you're so excited? Yes. You didn't just win the lottery. I won the ultimate. And retirement. The funds will never be used up. They will never deplete. My retirement is secure. And the son is asking these questions. Now look at this. He said, he, he look at this. He said, and he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf. Only, see, not only is music and dancing reserved for a joyous occasion, guess what that fattened calf is celebrated with? A joyous occasion. There's a reason behind. He wasn't because, ooh, he's plump and I want some fat today. That's not what that man said. That man had a reason to celebrate. And look at verse 28. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. Ooh. The older son got mad because he heard there was a party going on. There was meat being served. There was dancing going on. And let me tell you who this older son is. Go back to verse 1 in the same chapter. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Listen, all of them were coming. But look at verse 2. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. The son's Phariseeism came out at that moment right there. The son's Phariseeism came out right there. Everybody, look, Jesus had welcomed. Look at verse 1 again. Now all the tax collectors, tax collectors, guess what? They were enemies of Israel because they worked for the Roman government. And the sinners, that was you and I, they all came here near to him. Jesus was welcoming all of these people near to him. They were allowed to sit around with him, converse with him, hang out with him, hear everything he had to say. 
Because, see, Jesus wasn't a Pharisee. Jesus wasn't a religious person. Jesus was the son of God and was welcoming everyone who wanted to hear the word of God. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what God's saying. And then the Pharisees and scribes got mad. What do you mean you're hanging around sinners and tax collectors? The son in this parable got mad. I ain't going to associate with that. You mean he's having a party right now and he sacrificed a fatted calf for someone like that? Oh, stings, don't it? You see, the reason for this whole parable was because of the behavior of the stiff-necked Pharisees, of the stick-necked religious that think they got it figured out. That was the reason for the parable. Jesus is telling everyone that the kingdom is open for all who are going to repent and come. And Jesus is telling everyone when someone does come and someone is going, guess what you ought to do? You ought to be celebrating for the purpose of the kingdom, for the purpose of the saving power of Jesus Christ. You need to celebrate what has happened to this young man and anyone, any tax collector, any sinner. Because guess what you were? Tax collector, sinner, prostitute, adulterer, whoremonger, whatever you want to call all of y'all fit into that category. I just called all y'all whoremongers. I just called all y'all adulterers. It includes me because I'm in the same room with you. And you want to know why? Because we are. Because there's everything that comes before God, which means that if anything comes for if if I choose hey 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 if I choose Beth over Bonnie, what am I? If I if I choose to date Beth instead of my wife, what am I? In other words, I've forsaken her for someone else. Did someone say I was dumb? Oh, dead. Oh, dead. I'll be dead and dumb. I know it. Yeah, one of the two. Thank you. But look at verse 28. But he became angry and was not willing to go in because his brother was not like he was because his brother didn't uh, did something that he didn't do. His brother didn't act like his like the older brother did. The older brother was respectable. The older brother did the right thing. He deserved more than that one did, all the sinning. But look at this. He wouldn't come in. Now look what happened. Look what happened at the rest of this verse. And his father came out and began pleading with him. Wow! Do you see that? The religious stiff-necked attitude of the brother, of the older brother, didn't stop the father from reaching out. Didn't stop the father from saying, Father, forgive them because he knows not what he's doing. I'm still reaching out to you. I'm still wanting you to be part of this fold. Y'all ain't never read that. Look at it again. His father came out and began pleading with him. That's the desire. The father wanted his sons to be together. The father had an earnest desire, and he did what it took. 
He even humbled himself on a cross and said, please come to me. The Pharisees couldn't come because they weren't humble. Because, what do you mean, you want me to celebrate with you and you're celebrating sinners? No. The son, the older son, is saying, no, I'm not willing to come in there. You know what the son is saying to the father? You see, because the father was back in the house with music and dancing and celebrating. The older son is saying, I don't want to celebrate with the father. I don't want to have nothing to do with what the father is doing. Because, see, the father was in the house. The father was the one that called the party. The father was the one that gave the orders. The father was the one that gave the command. And the son said, I'm not willing to be part of the celebration. Oh, you see that? Do you see that in that scripture? Look at it closely. Look at verse 28. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. What did we talk about a few weeks ago when we gave the definition of willfully? Willfully meant, guess what? Stubborn. And no matter the consequences, I'm not going to do it. His Phariseeism became more important to him. And Pharisees don't hang out with sinners and tax collectors. Go back to verse 25 again. Now his older son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. There's a celebration, and you're invited. Listen carefully. There's a celebration, and you're invited. I'm going to say it again. There's a celebration, and you are invited. Amen. Let's go. Let's go celebrate. If I told all of y'all right now, Lunch is on me. Y'all better have another vote right now about because I can't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I'll, I'll just add it like this. Yeah, exactly. Fish and Lowe's. Lunch is on me at Jerry's house. You know? <laughs> but get this. Get this. The son didn't want to come celebrate. Kind of like that party pooper. Except he didn't show up. Now, the father came out and pleaded. Now look at what he says in verse 29. But he answered and he said to his father, look. Ooh. Now, most of your versions should have an exclamation mark right after that word look. Do you? Some of you may just have a comma, or some of you may say low. Some of your versions say low. King James, all that will, you'll say L. That still means to look. Now, he's, think about how he's acting with his fathers now, his father. His father, who is what? In the culture of the Jews, is what? He's the authority, isn't he? Is he not? He's in charge. You listen to him. You obey him. You follow his direction. But he tells him, I'm not going into the party. And then look, he says, look, for many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected a command of, of yours. Stop right there. Lie number one, because just a few verses earlier, the father asked him to come in and he said no. 
he neglected the command. Proof's in the pudding. Let's go back and read it. The verse 28, but he became angry and was not willing to come in, and his father came out and began pleading with him. Now, he goes down to the next verse, just like a good Pharisee would, and he's going to tell his father how good a person he is. Look at it. For many years I have been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours, and yet you have never given me a young goat. Oh, he didn't get what he wanted. Oh, he didn't get. Now, look, you never, so that I might celebrate with my friends. You see, the celebration with the father wasn't with just with, with his friends. It wasn't just with who he went and handpicked. It wasn't just with who he wanted to hang out with. You want to know how that's true? Well, go back to verse 21 in the same chapter. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. See, the son admitted. Now look at verse 22. This is key. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. Whoever was there was at the party. So not only did the son not go, he didn't want to associate with the slaves that were in there, the servants that were in there. Everyone was in there partying and celebrating the return of a lost one. But the Pharisee didn't want to have any part of it. He said, go get the slaves. He told the slaves to go get it. He said, let us celebrate. He included everyone, the tax collector, the sinner, the prostitute, the drug addict, the uh, gossiper, the grumbler. All of those were invited to the celebration. And guess what? The father welcomed them all in, and they all received the blessings of the father in the house. They got to eat the meal. They got to sing with the father. They got to dance with the father. They got to do everything with the father because they turned, they recognized that no matter who they were, God, their father, wanted to celebrate with them, wanted to be with them. See, this sermon is not about It is about you, but it's not about you. But it is about you giving what the Father really wants. Because more than anything, the Father wants to celebrate with you. He wants to celebrate with you. And y'all, when you look at this, and we always focused on on the prodigal son and, and, and how he was saved, and he was saved. But we miss the point of the parable when we don't focus on the reaction of the Pharisee grumbling because someone gets saved. Grumbling because someone comes into the house of God. That may, hey, maybe they do have a drug problem. Would you rather them be in the hands of someone else other than God? Maybe they do have a lying problem. Would you want them to be in the hands of someone else other than God? Maybe they do have a a, a sexual addiction problem. Do you want that person in the hands of someone else other than God? But you know what? 
They need to, you know what that person that comes through the door needs to hear? They need to hear the celebration of those who were redeemed from the sexual addiction, redeemed from the drugs, redeemed from any other kind of thing that they may have been going through. They need to hear the reason you celebrate. And then they need you to be part of it. They need you to know that they need to know that you want them there. They want to know that they're wanted. And the father said, you're all welcome. Let us celebrate. Slave, whoever's in the house, we're going to celebrate. But the son can only think about himself. I've never neglected a command of yours. And yet you've never given me a young goat. Dad, I've always done this. Dad, I'm always doing this. God, we, we had church every Sunday and su Sunday morning and Sunday night. We did this, God. Yeah, you did. But when that one was get lost, when that one walked up to you at the gas pump, when that one waited on you at the table, when that one was standing there in the grocery store and they said, I needed, I needed prayer, I'm sick. When that happened, where were you? Why weren't you celebrating and saying, hey, praise God, you're sick? I get to tell you about the one that can make you whole. You may still have a cold when we're done, but let me tell you something. You won't have to worry about what that cold can do to you. You won't have to let that cold shut you down. You can still go for Christ. And he says, you've never, and so that I might celebrate with my friends. So that I can have lunch and dinner and a party with my clique. He said, my friends. He didn't say your people. He didn't even say us. He didn't even notice. So that I might, so look at that scripture again. So, so that I might celebrate with my friends. You know what's in that scripture if you notice something? I might celebrate with my friends. The father is not even in the wording. Uh-huh. He ain't paid that no attention either, have you? Y'all, you got you to dig deeper. You got to quit surface reading scripture. The actual story of the son that was home is worse than what the prodigal did. His behavior was worse than the prodigal. Because guess what? The prodigal accepted the father and admitted his sin. The son, the son, I might celebrate with my friends, excluded the father. Have you excluded him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got this. I've got that. I've got this. Ah, la, 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 la. All day long. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right? And that's what we are. And he didn't even care about that the father, he didn't care that the father was excited about his son coming home, about his son coming back into the fold. All he cared about was how it affected him. And then look at verse 30. But when this son of yours came, 
I want you to take the words, this son of yours, and highlight it. Mark it. Because what he just did was, listen to me carefully. Listen to this carefully. The words, this son of yours, means he's treating the gift of God with contempt. He didn't even acknowledge his brother as his brother. And he didn't even acknowledge the wonderful gift that the father had given to his brother. But he treated it with contempt by not even acknowledging that he was even family anymore. How you feel? How you feel? How do you feel? Why? And he didn't claim the father. And that's the same problem the Pharisees had. And that's the same problem you have. When you walk around and you neglect. But when his son, this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, and you killed the fattened calf for him. The son even adds to his own plight by pointing out the sins of others. Not the fact that he just lied and said, I've never, I've never neglected a command of yours. Yes, you did. Not in the fact that he just was selfish by asking for himself and disobedient to parents. Those statements right there were enough to get his son in some deep, hot water, wasn't it? According to the culture. So in all of that, in all of that, he, in all that his older son just did. Now the son, the younger son, did he go out? Did he, did he go out with prostitutes and squander all his money? Yeah. Did, he, did he, he leave his father and ask for his inheritance earlier? Did he or did he not? Yeah, okay. And at the same time he got his, guess what? The older son got his, right? Right, because he says he gave it to them. So he had to give everything to both of them. So both of them received their inheritance at that time. The son just thought, the older son thought he was better because his sin, he didn't have the sins that his brother had. You see, y'all, all of this, you, if, you don't, if you're having problems wrapping your head about the purpose of this message today, let me explain it to you. This message today is designed to get you over yourself, Listen carefully, because it is. It's designed to get you past yourself and thinking like God does. Thinking like God does. Because when you look at it, when you look at it, and you see, see it on the surface, and you say, okay, this son, he was a spoiled brat. He had the same, uh, he, he, actually, he got more than the younger son did, because he was the oldest. Okay? He got more. Everything that the father owned was when he gave his inheritance out before the father died. Guess what? Everything the father owned went to the firstborn. Yeah. So he had it all. Everything that the father had, he gave to his son. Get that. Every, everything that the father had, he gave. And yet he still treated it with contempt. 
by worried about sticking with to, uh, rituals and rules and all of these other things, the same things the Pharisees are saying. Well, we've got our education. We've got our phylacteries and we've got our tassels lengthened and we are deserving of what we have. That's what the son is saying. I followed every command and I deserve what is mine. Then went as far as to call out the sins of others. As a matter of fact, go to Luke chapter 18, go to verse 9. Luke chapter 18 and verse 9. Look at this carefully. And he also told this parable to some, some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes. All of that I get. Of all that I get, I'm sorry. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. The, uh, the, the, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, this is why the son couldn't celebrate, because he was too busy trying to exalt himself. This is why the son couldn't dance. He couldn't listen to the music. He couldn't go in the house, because all he could think about was him. Now, with all of these sins that the son, the older son, had, com had committed, this is what you find from the father in verse 31. And he said to him, back in Luke chapter 15, and he said to him, son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. And it literally was, y'all. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. The father didn't, look, look how he even treated the pharisaical son, the father still had mercy. He could have come back and said, listen, you don't talk to me like that. You don't treat me like this. You don't you do what I tell you. But he explained. The peril. That his other brother was in. And the older son never got it. In this parable right now, one son's in heaven, one son isn't. Amen. One is in heaven because he humbled himself and he didn't exalt himself. And he and guess what? He celebrated his salvation with all those around him that could see I have a forgiving father. The slaves, the servants, everyone saw he had a forgiving father. But through the other son. You don't see forgiveness. You don't see celebration. You don't see joy. And they want nothing to do with what the father is doing. And they show contempt. They show contempt 
So I'm here to tell you today, church. It's time to celebrate. It is time to celebrate. Past time. Gina, I'm going to share our story. Some of you already heard it. Wednesday after the funeral, Gina's daughter, she was hit by a car while walking down the road with her boyfriend. Car ran her over. Very tragic event. Her boyfriend was there. We were in the ER. I'm, I'm leaving. I had to leave the funeral. I had to leave the, the fellowship. So I'm in my Pharisee's uniform. I'm in my suit and tie. And I go down to the ER, and we meet in the ER. And I meet her boyfriend and the other lady, Cassandra. It's okay for the story. I just take it's okay. And they go out for a minute, and we're talking to Gina, and Connie comes in. Connie's there, Connie Lineman. And the young man was pretty shaken, her boyfriend. And he's, you know, he's, you can tell he's shaking. Blood on his hands, on his legs, and holding his girlfriend, holding Riley. And he says, we've been trying to get right. We've been trying to do better. We've been trying. We, 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 we. And there's three Christians sitting right there. And we get in his face. Her daughter, who's facing death, and yet she's part of the witnessing for this young man that's facing death. You see, she didn't, she didn't, she, she wasn't thinking about, and I'm not trying to give her any crowns. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you right now. And at that point, the thought process behind all the Christians that were there was this young man needs Jesus Christ. And in an emergency room full of people, he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even, even by the mom of the one that's laying in the bed, broken and bruised. He hears the gospel. And guess what happens? He gets saved. Now, he ain't here today. But he's going to be in heaven one day. And let me tell you what this church needs to be doing right now at this moment is celebrating the fact that a young man who was lost was found and the father is going to receive him. Amen. That's right. Don't stand. Stand up for Jesus. That's right. That's right. Stand up for Jesus. You can celebrate better than that. There's one. See, this is what the brother was talking about. What the brother heard, what the brother saw was a bunch of people. Why are they in church clapping? It's because one was lost and was found. Now, you can sit down.
Are you part of the party? Are you part of the son-in-law's friends? You want to go celebrate with, you want to, hey, look, you want to celebrate with your friends or you want to party with the father? Gee, God don't party, David. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be using that word behind the pulpit. God ain't no, God, let me tell you something. You wouldn't be a party if it wasn't for God. There ain't nothing else to celebrate. There ain't nothing, I don't care how many times. They score a touchdown or hit a basketball goal or hit the puck in there or, or kick the goal in the I don't care what they do. You couldn't have that without Jesus. So you better get your song right in your heart. You better get your dance moves ready for God. Because you're going to dance. Because there's going to be some dancing in heaven. On earth. As it is in heaven. Guess what? I've said it before, I'll say it again. This heaven is going to be quiet one time, and it's for 30 minutes. And the scripture tells us that. 30 minutes, heaven's going to be quiet. That's it. This is in the Revelation study. You'll see, you'll hear about it. But 30 minutes, that's it. Other than that, there ain't nothing but a big old party going on in heaven, a celebration. Jesus is not going to want us walking around like we some kind of, he don't want that. And the father wants to invite us in to the party. I'm invited to the party. I got my invitation. Who else got their invitation? Yeah, two hands, feet, we're going to come in there. You got your invitation. Now, everyone in here has an invitation. It's whether or not you've RSVP'd. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you? Have you risavipped? Have you? Or, or is the invitation still in your mailbox? If Is the invitation still in your, I'll get around to it when I'm on my deathbed? Let me tell you where your deathbed is. You're sitting on it right now. You hear what I'm saying? There's your deathbed. So now's the time. Today's the day. Quit slacking. Because, see, I, I'm, me and John, we're gonna, it's going to be a lot of moving going on. We're going to be partying. <laughs> me and Bill, Bill's going to be, yeah, Bill's going to be, David, let me show you what I used to do. <laughs> Can you see when Jerry starts going? It's going to be just like that truck, just like that truck he drives. It's going to take a few gears to get him going. But when he does, <laughs> boy, yeah going to be a Mac. You see, listen, you hear that, you hear that laughter? We're going to be laughing in heaven. Oh, man. All of them gone. If you are not, if you don't know, listen, you want to know, how do I know what's going to be at the party? Because Jesus already told us what's going to be at the party. He's going to be there. 
Enough reason to celebrate. So I'm asking you right now, if you don't know him, you hadn't checked your mailbox for your invitation. So here's your invitation. Heads bowed. Let's get some music going. Heads bowed. I'm a, I love asking this question. I love asking this question because when I asked the young man Wednesday, I said, are you 100% sure? And his exact words were, I hope so. And you know what I was able to tell him? Then you hadn't, you, you're not saved. You see, if you're sitting here going, I hope I'm going to heaven, you didn't read the invitation. So today's your day to read the invitation. Every eye is closed, every head is bowed. And I'm going to ask this most personal of questions. If you are not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, if today's your day to get hit by a car, if today's your day to die in an airplane crash, if today is your day to have a massive heart attack, and you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, and you're not sure whether you're going to heaven or you're going to hell, I can tell you right now, if you're not sure, you're going to hell. So I'm going to ask this question. Listen carefully. If you are not sure, it is important that you look at me right now. It is important that you look at me right now if you are not sure. Don't sit there and let other people look. It doesn't matter what other people think if you're going or not. Do you know without a shadow of a doubt you're going? Can you say what? Does your life even reflect that you're going? I can tell you right now, mine does. I'm not bragging about myself, but guess what? I know without a shadow of doubt. If someone would come to me, you going to heaven? Yes, I'm going to heaven. The music has already started playing. We've already started dancing. So I need you to be honest with yourself and honest with God. Just like you saw a church full of people stand up for a young man that they don't know, they stood up and they clapped because he got saved. That's the same thing that will happen to you. But you have to be 100% sure. There is no maybe with God. You either are or you aren't. So I hope you hear these words. Are you going to heaven? If you are not 100% sure, look at me. And guess what just happened? We have a church full of people that are saved. That's what we're saying. Then you know what needs to happen? The celebration needs to start. The dancing needs to start. Father, move during this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. As we stand, you got something to play, let's play it. Today doesn't need to be the day that you hold back. Today doesn't need to be the day that you just notched off. Well, I got invited, so I came, or Brother David's been preaching to us about not coming, so I came. Today don't need to be that day. 
Today needs to be the day where you get humble with God and you say, God, I'm ready to celebrate the way you celebrate. God, I'm ready to do the things that you do. God, I'm ready to be who you created me to be. It's time. It's time. And if you're not there, you need to get there. Grab somebody to pray with. If you need prayer, pray. Get prayer now. We're going to sing then. You better let God hear you since everybody's Peace team, come on, choir, let's sing. Go, Matthew. <laughs> 